guilty pleasures guilty pleasures guilty pleasures they live <laughs> Woo! all right all righty mm-hmm. now that's a way to kick off a show right there so yeah. uh, in case you couldn't in case you couldn't figure it out by our awesome introduction, it is time once again for Guilty Pleasures. And I am joined by two of the guiltiest guys I know, Alan and John. You guys out there? Woo! Guilty. Pleasures. As charged. Yes, we're here. <laughs> All righty. Well, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, we are going to be talking about a classic movie from the 80s, a classic John Carpenter movie, They Live. Mm. So... John, let me ask you, for you, why is this movie a guilty pleasure? Uh, oh, you know what it is? It's, you said it's a guilty pleasure because it's a classic John Carpenter, and John Carpenter is known um, for, especially what he did in the 80s. We're talking about The Thing, Escape from New York, um, Big Trouble in Little China. Well, that was him, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and of course it all started with Halloween. So when you got John Carpenter talking about um, aliens taking over the earth with subliminal messages, and then you throw in the, one of the Kings of the rings and Mr. Rowdy, Roddy Piper, how could it not be a guilty pleasure? That's a recipe for success. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, So what did uh, either one of you guys, when did you guys first come in contact with this movie? When did you first see it? Let's see. I saw it. Oh, this I I saw this one on HBO back in the day. I remember that one, and mm-hmm. I was definitely familiar with uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and I was you know kind of like I think that's kind of what drew me in, like seeing him in a movie, acting like like trying to be like a real uh, legitimate actor <laughs> in it, and uh, that definitely drew me in. And I remember just watching it and just you know just out of curiosity, um, and I. I yeah, I think I remember just kind of jumping in on it and then wondering what it was and then trying to figure out when it was going to show up on HBO again to catch the whole thing. Uh, but I did not see it in the theater. Yeah, same thing for me. I didn't see it in the theater, but uh, that was definitely uh, the height of my WWF um, fandom. Um, it came out around 1988. So, yeah, I was all in for it um, when it came out. I probably rented it on VHS before it hit HBO. So that was, that was the first time I saw it. Yeah, I think the first time I saw it, uh, also on VHS, um, I don't know about like you guys where you grew up, but um, a lot of us, like we didn't even go to the video stores. Uh, one person would go, they would figure out a way to, to copy it. What? And then, oh yeah, huh? oh yeah, they used to, yeah, you know, some of the mom and pop stores around here, they were not good with security. So Damn. we would figure out a way to copy it and just kind of pass it back and forth. And uh, a friend of mine who was not a wrestling fan was like, you like that Piper guy, right? I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, he's in a movie. And I, like, that was enough for me. And yeah, I, I was I was blown away by it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, that, it was. Uh, let's see. Eighty eight. He had the Piper Pit at the time, I think. Yeah, he did have the Piper Pit at the time, yeah. Yeah, because I, I kind of remember that. I remember watching the WF a lot, and I think at one point you just didn't see him anymore, and then there was rumors that he wanted to get into film. 
and uh and and then yeah then i found out he was it was this particular movie i don't think he has he done anything else after this i know i only know of two other movies that he was in and i don't know if they came before or after this one he was in a wrestling movie with uh dirk benedict from the a-team oh yeah called Bo- body slam oh uh, and, <laughs> okay okay and he was also in another movie it was like a post a post-apocalyptic movie called welcome to Frogtown. Wow. wow. Um, no, never yeah, heard that one. Yeah, I listen, my friends and I, we we had weird collections of like VHS tapes. Like I said, this stuff was copied and copied over again and passed back and forth. So Yeah, this this was kind of like for me, this was like the height of like when I was really becoming a film junkie, like this was sort of the height of it. No, no kidding. Like, yeah. Wow. Like for me, like this is actually this is actually the first time like when I saw because John Carpenter, he would always put his name in front of the films. It was like, John Carpenter's The Thing, John Carpenter's Halloween. And it's like, it finally dawned on me, like, oh, directors have, like, a style and, mm. uh, you know, a voice. And, like, this is, like, when I really started to notice that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, it really, I was really getting into film. I was really starting to notice styles and themes and, you know, it was like, I was maturing as a... Uh, film watcher <laughs> john carpenter is one of those guys where he did these kind of movies but he also was part of like doing all the music too did you know that oh yeah, yeah. he was like the writer director yeah. soundtrack you know he was best boy he was the grip yeah he was like a, he was <laughs> he like a little bit of everything i, I think all of his movies he did that yeah i was like i was kind of like looking it up today a little bit like i think yeah he did he does the soundtracks for just about all of his films. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah, and it's like he directs it, and he's like the director of photography, and uh, yeah, it, it's just really, really cool. So, kind of knowing the types of films that he made, like when when you heard or you know, however you found out about this film, like what what was your thoughts going in? Like, what did you think this was going to be? Well, like I said, I. I, I... Walked in on you know I was at my friend's house he was watching it and that's I was like what the hell is this you know and you know looking back with this movie when I think about they live um, it's it's a campy movie you know but this is the movie for some reason where there are a lot of these fun one liners in it that you you know and that that are memorable and stuff um, I kind of like that about it and and just the fact of seeing Rowdy Rowdy Piper taking on this kind of role was pretty fun too. Yeah, and I think I think just the premise is an awesome premise. It's, it's pretty, um, you know, for the time it was unique and, and a bit original. And it was for all its campiness, it, it's it's Carpenter trying to make a statement about um, what he he viewed as like the gluttonous eighties and um, how how we're being how people are being controlled and stuff like that. But he does all that in such a great way, it's in a little scary way too. I mean, I was I was a mid teenager at the time, and and what they look like under the sunglasses or when you saw them through the sunglasses they used to freak me out <laughs> oh it was creepy yeah <laughs> oh god yeah oh yeah and it was like and, and it's funny too because it's like you know he's kind of known for like horror not really so much horror but more like thriller type films yeah but this but this was kind of like like again like i was really getting into movies and this is where i was like I don't think this is just about like, you know, like you said, John, like, I don't think this is just about aliens. I think like he's trying to make a statement here with, 
you know, it's it's not the aliens that are taking over, you know, it's like corporate America. Yeah, you know? commercialism and right brainwashing you and whatnot. Yeah, and, it, and well, it's and it's oh god. I was gonna say he's he's very vocal about that in interviews and things like that. Um that that was his aim but it was such a i think it was just a great fun way to present it you know because you don't feel like you're being preached to <laughs> yeah oh yeah no definitely not and it's like it's, it's funny because like i watched this i watched this at my friend's house and then when it came on hbo i watched it again and like my parents um they were always kind of like they were like a bit into conspiracy theories and stuff like that like still to this day like nice. don't, don't get my dad yeah, don't get my dad talking about politics. <laughs> but but it's like we're watching this film and, you know, like again, like I'm watching it for the second or third time and I'm just like, oh my God, they're taking over and the subliminal messages. And at the end, my dad just goes, see? Told you. <laughs> told you. And, yeah, and I'm just like, and, and for a second there, to me, that was the scariest part is like, oh, oh my God, what if some of the stuff my dad's been telling me, like, what if it's really true? <laughs> I need those sunglasses. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and this is definitely, this is like, for me, this is like one of the first kind of like quotable films, like with some of the one-liners that they have in it. And I, I think that was, because that's always like a great thing. Like people talk about like movies like Super Troopers, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, stuff like that. Like th this one has, I mean... You know, the, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick some ass. I'm all out of bubblegum. But he's got more of them, too, which which was like, I, I just loved it. Like, he, he was perfect choice. Did perfect you do choice. a, a rewatch recently of this one? I actually did. And I actually, like I told you, Alan, like off the air, um, my daughter, you guys know my, you guys know about my daughter. Like, she wants to be like a writer slash director. So she's looking at all these movies from the 70s and 80s and she was looking at a lot of john carpenter stuff and i said you gotta watch they live so she watched it and we're she's been doing rewatches constantly because like i was telling you alan her and her friends they want to do like a shot by shot remake of they live but the thing is is the lead role and i think the guy's name was like nada like john nada, nada or yeah like uh -huh. that. yeah yeah instead of playing it like rowdy roddy piper Whoever and I don't know who she's going to get to do it. One of her friends has to play it as if they're Mark Wahlberg. Because <laughs> oh that's just that's just how my daughter is. Like she's just like, and I'm hey like, guys. what do you mean they have to play it like? Well, she said, I said like, what do you mean she has to? They have to play it like Mark Wahlberg. It'll be like you know, hey bro, hey you bro. gotta put on those sunglasses, bro. I'll give you a Boston <laughs> beatdown, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So, what was okay. your daughter's impression of the movie then? Oh God, she like loved an, it. Oh, did she really? Wow. Oh, she loved it. She absolutely like she's she's the type. She is like very critical of movies. Um, she knows like she knows a lot of like cinematography terms. And like when we watch stuff like on Broadway or in the theater, you know, because she's in drama, like she knows all these like terms, like different types of stages and setting a scene and this and that. And she loved it. And she was like saying like she's like he's very like his style john carpenter his style is like very simplistic um like it looks like he doesn't use a lot of camera setups and i'm like how would you know that and she's she's explaining it to me like oh, oh you mean like scene. he was taking like a lot of long shots like long yeah yeah okay i gotcha yeah and then i'm actually like kind of like 
Googling him, you know, a little bit. I'm looking at his style, and it's, like, very simplistic, does a lot of long shots, mm. loves to shoot in widescreen, and I'm just like, how oh. does she know all of this? <laughs> but, yeah, she loved it. She, She's she educated. Loved it. She loves, yeah, for a hell of a lot more than I am, I'll tell you <laughs> that. <laughs> but she loves, like, stuff like that from the 80s. Like, her, I think her other favorite film, actually... I mean, she loves, like, from him, The Big Three, which is this one, uh, The Thing, which she watched The Thing uh, over and over. She watched it, like, four or five times. She loves it. And, wow. of course, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, God, I love that <laughs> Oh, movie. that's a great classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is. Yep. Well, speaking of The Thing and Big Trouble, um, you know, a lot of people were surprised that he didn't go after Kurt Russell for this role. Um, that he did go after a guy that had never acted before. And um, apparently what I had heard is that he saw Piper in WrestleMania 3 and just really wanted to get in touch with him to do this role. And that um, Piper didn't even know who John Carpenter was, even though he had that pedigree. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. I, and I read the same thing. And they said, he he actually they actually asked him, like, why did you choose Roddy Piper? And he said, he just, like, he had, like, life written all over him, like... Like, this is a guy that's seen some rough stuff, and he just thought that would translate well. And, and like, after hearing that quote from John Carpenter and kind of doing a rewatch, I'm like, yeah, his character looks like he's just seen, like, when he kind of comes wandering into town there, it's like, oh, man, this guy's been through hell before this movie started. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, could you envision anyone else uh, playing that role? Uh, oh. Megan Fox. Um, oh. You're an idiot. <laughs> God, he had to go there. <laughs> he did. It works, so. Um, I thought well, it was a good choice because you think, like I said, to me, it, it kind of is a campy movie. And, you know, you don't take, I guess, Roddy Piper as a serious actor, you know, but there is a lot of physicality to it. Um, but so, so to me, it was, I, think, I thought it was an appropriate choice. If you put someone in like a, like a Kurt Russell... I think the tone changes a little bit because Kurt Russell is, you know, is and was an established actor at the time. It becomes a little more serious, I think, you know? Well, I think, I think it's, and nothing taking away from Roddy, I think it's a great movie with him in it. But there's a, there's a part of me that wants to see Kurt Russell's version of this movie. Um, because he was at the height of his, of his, I guess, would you call Carpenter a B-level director? I mean, he's coming off of The Thing and Big Trouble and Escape from New York. I'm talking about Kurt Russell. Yeah, this, this is right in his wheelhouse. This almost seems automatic that he would jump into this role. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, and actually, you know, if and I think, again, I think Roddy Piper did a great job in this film. But, yeah, I mean, to see, like, what would Kurt Russell have done with this role? Because he's he's also, like, he was he was a tough guy, but he could throw the one-liners out there, like, no problem. So... Like imagining him in that scene, like I came here to chew bubble gum and kick some ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. It's like he would have nailed it. Yeah, he'd probably I mean, pull it off with with a little creative writing. You could have made it a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China. Jack Burton in They Live. Come on now. How <laughs> <laughs> awesome would that that's, have been? That's that's actually true. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh man, what what could have been? <laughs> Hey, I guess they're kind of similar, even in looks-wise. You know, at the time, they both had the mullet look. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, a lot of the wrestlers had the mullets back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, someone you can't replace is David Keith. He's got to stay in his role. Oh, God. And, and I read uh, because Wesley he directed... Snipes. 
No, stop it. Where's the <laughs> oh, sex? No. He's, like, he's like 19. <laughs> exactly. But uh, again, like reading up on this film, uh, you know, John Carpenter directed him in the thing and said he specifically wrote that role just for him. Like he had nobody else in mind. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a loyal guy that John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, he's a um, David Keith is a heavyweight, and um, I feel like Keith David. Dang it, I knew I was saying it wrong. Keith David, because David Keith is a different guy. Um, but yeah, Keith David's a heavyweight. He's he's I, I don't know. I mean, the guy never really gets leading roles, but uh, everything I see him in, I'm always enjoying his work. You know, he always plays that guy where he's there, but I like I kind of like him but i kind of don't like him at the same time <laughs> you know like he had that that brash role in uh, armageddon too he was like one of the generals and stuff and he was right. just just such a dick in it but he comes off as a powerful guy at the same time you know but he's uh, one of those guys where you like him but you don't like him i mean that's just for me well i think that's the roles he gets he gets the roles that you know oh this guy's a he's a piece of crap in charge you know he's got the uh you know like the general or whatever and um he he gets those those you know he plays that well you know he was in Missing in Action three. Which, I wonder if he gets I a mean, script and it says, "Oh, Keith David, be a dick," and he goes, "Oh, that again." I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Dick, dick That'll guy. Be a stretch. <laughs> well, it's funny as we say that because I'm looking at his IMDb as we as we speak, and uh, one of his first roles was in Platoon, in which he was great. Um, he had, you know, of course, oh. he's a thing, but he. He also was on Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, had a recurring role as Keith the Handyman. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, no. He's he's Keith oh. the Dick Keith the Dickish Handyman on Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. <laughs> wow. Oh man, Mr. Rogers, I'll fix it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> fix it yourself. Stop, stop playing with your puppets by the sink. Maybe they won't get clogged. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, Mr. Keith, uh, I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> Wow! Okay. Oh boy, man, his, his uh, IMDb. But page I, is I think long. one of the famous one of the famous scenes for this movie though is, is the fight scene between the two of them, uh, where Piper has that line where he says, "You know, put on those sunglasses or or start eating that trash can." And that's like, like this this fight scene's been like duplicated and and you know people actually like reference it as like influencing some of their later work and stuff it's just like because it, what it's like 10 minutes long this it fight is scene. the longest fight scene i think i've ever seen on tv and, and yeah, like what yeah. your daughter said about those those you know single camera things this was one of them i mean it's it's just non-stop maybe that's why they got rowdy piper because you know they're trained to you know choreograph fighting for prolonged periods of time maybe maybe that's what he had in mind i think i think he actually like gives him a suplex or something yeah at some point oh yeah he, sure he, he nails him hard. Yeah. I'm sure. Did I'm you sure ever he, see? Yeah, the razor and he cut his head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah classy Freddie Blassie came in, hit him with a cane. <laughs> but I was going to say, did you ever see the episode of South Park where they had the fight between Jimmy and Timmy, and it was like a shop, like they did, like a, oh, it's animation, but they literally did a shot by shot recreation, and there's like YouTube videos where people put it side by side. No, no way. It, See now I gotta go to YouTube. Yeah, I know. You got, you got <laughs> the YouTube, man. That that's where it's at. Yeah. And it's and it's all Jimmy is trying to get Timmy to wear a hat, and, he, and it's just like, like I think he actually even says the line. He's like, if if you don't wear this hat, you're gonna eat that garbage can. <laughs> and 
And I know when I first watched the episode, I'm just like, oh, okay. Then I'm like, wait a minute, is this the they live fight? <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I remember seeing it for the first time, and it's such a stupid reason to have a ten minute fight. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, put the sunglasses on. <laughs> it's not like he's asking to do something difficult. You know? It's after like a. No, I was gonna say after a couple of minutes, like he's laying there, like beaten, and I'm like, okay, put the sunglasses on, and then just get back to it, and I'm like, oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I like they have these pauses, like they're gonna stop, and then and then someone kicks him in the balls, and then they, they go back at it again. I love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was, it's a. It was a yeah. It was a great team, and I just love that that they incorporated like the the. Um, I mean, so I didn't do a rewatch, but was if I remember correctly, didn't, aren't the homeless ones the ones that they kind of recruit to to fight back or or the more poor people? I guess they have an idea that something's up, right, Jay? I think they do. Yeah, yeah. and there's like uh, like the preacher that's like helping them out. I think he's the one who's trying to broadcast and say what's really going on. Because, like, when this film starts, it almost looks like you, you, you get a feeling like the national unemployment rate is, like, 75%. Like, these shanty towns are popping up, and it's like, yeah, they're the ones try- they're trying to convince them to, like, yeah, you got to fight back. Wow, that's crazy. It is. But, yeah, I mean, like, overall, I mean, this is this is a film, when it comes on, it's like, um... I'm stopping what I'm doing. And I'm watching. Like, <laughs> I, I can't get enough. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm surprised it's not. I mean, we we recognize it as a guilty pleasure, but I'm surprised it's not out there with the, with some of the other um, movies, especially the other John Carpenter movies that we mentioned. You know, um, but it should be, uh, in my opinion, it should be up there with uh, with uh, Big Trouble and Escape from New York, and uh, definitely ha- Halloween in a different way, of course. I mean, Halloween. Is a is a classic of the horror genre, but I don't know. Would you call this a horror movie or not really horror, but sci-fi horror, maybe sci-fi horror? Okay. Yeah, I, I agree maybe. with you. The moment I saw this, their faces, I as a kid, I was like, "What the hell?" You know, sci-fi horror. Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the, the crazy thing is at the end is when he he disables that um, the scanner, the one that's basically blocking all the subliminal messages oh, or, yeah. or preventing us from seeing it. And I think there's the scene of like there's like a guy with a, a prostitute and he's an alien and it's like Piper blows the thing up and it's like she looks down and, and I'm just like, Oh, I feel bad for that girl. <laughs> She's like, like what? She she chose her life, Jay. She's okay with her choices. <laughs> but 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 the guy, he's just like, Hey, hey baby, what what's wrong? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you got an alien penis. And basically, and I love the fact that they're not, like, crazy-looking aliens. They're just, like, peeled-skinned humans. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Now, I was just kind of wondering, was this around the same time when that TV movie V came out? Oh, probably. Uh, v, with Mark Singer? It might have came out earlier, I think. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. like, v was very 80s. Oh, that oh, was real 80s. 80s. Yeah. Oh, Could my God. Be. Just check out the hairstyles on the aliens there. Yeah. Oh, V was Barb, cool. Was I like V. Right? Yeah, I loved V. Oh, I loved V. Oh my god, I, I totally forget V existed until this moment. That's cool, Johnny. They even tried remakes of that one too, and it didn't do well. They did actually with um, holy crap, it was on Sci-Fi, I think. Yeah, I thought what? it was on ABC for a little bit. Yeah, oh, was... you're right, ABC, and it was yeah. with uh, 
the hot the hot woman from uh, Morena Bacarin. She's in Deadpool now. Yeah. Oh, from, uh, from Serenity. Uh, Firefly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, from Firefly. And yeah. Alan Tudyuk, he was in it too. Was he? Oh. He was He was one of the aliens that came, like, he was like an advanced gotcha. uh, invasion guy or something. Like, I don't know. I watched a couple yeah. episodes and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, v, v, the first miniseries came out in 1983 and then the TV series came out in 1984 for V. Wow. Oh, and this yeah, movie was V, so, yeah. V was sick. Wow. But you know what it was funny about uh, getting back to uh, um, They Live is, do you guys remember No Frills stuff at the supermarket? Oh, yeah, like, like it was the just like, right brand. Yeah, it was, like a white, it was like a white box with just the word, like, no pasta frills. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's what's Food. funny is with the, uh, when you put the sunglasses on, for all the technology, all their subliminal messaging is No Frills. <laughs> it's, just all, it's just a white label with the word obey or something. <laughs> Oh, man. Save that cash, aliens. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know it's all about the, it's all about that bottom line. It's about that profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was a lot. It's a lot of fun talking about this movie. I love this segment, guilty pleasures. Yeah, yeah I, I, I got to tell you, it's not something I've, I've thought about since uh, you guys brought it up about talking about it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a good fun movie, you know. <laughs> all righty. So anybody want to plug anything? <laughs> <laughs> Pass. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, we can take a break from plugging, can we? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. They, they know where to find well, us. Wait, go to our YouTube channel. No. <laughs> Check out our MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> my Blenster. <laughs> oh, no, my Blenster. Why got to say it like that? idiot you know why shut up <laughs> because you're not following him what? why are you not following him follow me on the fenster what the hell i think 90 percent of our audience are like what the hell are they doing? <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> even we don't know so don't worry about it audience. they live wow they live yeah that was fun man yeah so if yeah. you haven't seen it go see it if you have seen it see it again heck yeah <laughs> yeah all right. And if you, if you grew up around Jay, apparently just steal it from the VHS store. <laughs> you just got to yeah. pa- pass the VHS. <laughs> just, That's right. So, so you had like a low-level uh, VHS copying system going on in your neighborhood? Yeah, there was. I was it was well, actually a friend room. of mine. Yeah, it was a friend of mine. His dad, uh, he was like a big film buff, but he's like, I ain't paying $90 for this stuff. And he just, he would like rent it. He was like an engineer. So I don't know what he did, but he... Jay, Jay, he put he put black tape over that little. <laughs> it's that, that simple, little, bro. Like, it really is. Hey, I'm not a tech guy. I don't think his engineering degree from Yale really came into play with. <laughs> right. Listen, I'm talking it. to you guys on a flip phone. I'm not. I'm not a tech <laughs> what? guy. What? <laughs> he literally had to dial us up. <laughs> yep. Dial into Skype. Oh, that's funny. oh man, there's zero in this number. Dang it! <laughs> I ain't calling them. <laughs> <sighs> Why was he? Was he? Was he like rich enough that he had the double VCR thing? They had two two compartments for two tapes. No, he he had like this really like uh, in his basement. He had like two VCRs. He had like wires going everywhere. Like again, like I said, I I you know I had a computer to play video games on, so I, I didn't know about any of this stuff. Like he just had like he had two or three VCRs, and I. I, I could swear he built one of them himself. Like, 
<laughs> because it, like that's what it looked like. And he was just like he was like a big, big film, and he just had copies of like classic movies, movies that had just come out, and we would all just pass them around. You know, it's like, oh, I got They Live. Oh, you got you know Escape from New York. All right, and we would just trade them back and forth. I love it. Yeah, Stick it to the awesome. man. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> By the man, we mean the mom and pop video store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Putting them out of business. Well, yeah. All righty. Adapt and survive. That's what I say. Yeah. All right. I think I'm done. I'm finished. Stick a fork in me. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining uh, us here on Guilty Pleasures. Uh, Guilty. Yes. <laughs> they live! <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it was.